This week's WTFs. Okay. Here we go. Okay. So All right. I think we've got. Uh, I think we've got two. Okay, so I should say about this first one from Andy. It's yeah. quite a graphic description of what's in the. Uh, of what's oh, good. So if you're feeling a little bit sensitive. Okay. Dear, dear Lapsang Souchong and Sausage, I remember a very dodgy horror from the 1980s. I'm not a fan of the genre, so don't go looking for them even to this day. But remember, I remember this as we were visiting family friends. And while the adults were watching the film, us kids were entertaining ourselves, namely peering around the corner and sneaking a peek at the film without getting caught. So the films from the 1980s, I think, it involved a monster running amok in the woods... In one scene, some campers got jumped and one of them, still in his sleeping bag, got spun around, then shish-kebabbed onto a pointy tree. That'll teach him for having done it up so tightly, only his head was visible. In another scene, a motorcyclist got relieved of something personal while answering a call of nature. So, you know, a watch, I suppose. Wallet, could be. Finally, the monster got someone <clears throat> in a broken window, like from the film Ghost, then proceeded to perform seppuku on them. Checked it. It's a type of Harry Carey. Mm-hmm. and then danced around with their bits in a Gangnam style. Anyway, sorry for the graphicness of all this, but I still think about this film even to this day and think to myself, why on earth did I keep watching the bits when I was far too young and when it would give me nightmares for years? Which is the whole point of adults saying, yeah. you do that in that room and we'll do this in our room. Okay. Anyway, Look, Andy I... says, WTF, what is the film? Okay, I think you're misremembering one of the Friday the 13th sequels. There's a, there's a bit in Friday the 13th, the new blood which is 80s i think um in which the sleeping bag thing happens but it's not a guy it's a girl in this there's a it's two camp i mean all this you know the, once you say something you know monster running around in the woods immediately you think it's a friday the 13th movie but i think this is friday the 13th the new blood is part six or seven or whatever it is and the the and the character the, the killer character kills the guy and then the the girl is in the tent and he grabs the, 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 the she's in the sleeping bag in the tent. And he swings her. I think that you are misremembering Friday the 13th, The New Blood, which I think is parts, yeah, part something from the, from the late 1970s. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's a yellow, it's a, like a bright yellow sleeping bag. And he does indeed swing her against the tree. So I think that's what that is. Uh, Mayo at bbc.co.uk. Kevin Conway says, Hello from the great city of Chicago. This is our second WTF. Uh, In an English course my freshman year, my professor was considered an expert on metamodernism. One day we watched a very strange French film that he exclaimed, Falls under the metamodern umbrella. Okay. I've been trying to find it recently and hope that Mark could give me a hand. All I remember is that the movie follows one man as he goes through a day of switching characters to the audience and everyone around him. You literally see him changing costumes and putting on face prosthetics. One notable scene is him playing the role of a troll who captures an unsuspecting woman who looks a lot like Catherine Zeta-Jones. The movie concludes with him seemingly happy after a hard day's work and greets his partner, who I think appears to be an ape. (laughs) I, I know this plot seems absurd, if you could help, I will surely watch it again, as my understanding of film and metamodernism has grown since my drunken and pimple-faced college years. Yeah. By the way, I'm a new listener uh, and happy to be on board. Anyway, I just want to say, before, just on behalf of, before Mark speaks, I did think I'd better check a definition of metamodernism. Okay. And according to metamodernism.com, 
It is the. <laughs> it, can I say it is very very <laughs> difficult. It is very difficult to discuss this without without sounding incredibly Guardian or Seuss Corner. Okay. It's the mercurial condition between and beyond irony and sincerity, naivety and knowingness, relativism and truth, optimism and doubt. And at this point, I just thought, I actually can't be bothered to okay. uh, continue with the metamodern umbrella. And I would just throw it all back at you, Mark. OK, well, firstly, let me say that while you were doing that, because I, I, I did spot that pretty fast. Um, that film was definitely Friday the 13th, part seven. The well, new the, blood, the, the other one, the one before, the one before was definitely Friday the Thirteenth, Part Seven, The New Blood from nineteen eighty eight. I'm absolutely certain that's what it is. The film that you're just talking about now, that's Holy Motors. That's Denis Levant in Holy Motors, which is the film that Leos Carax made before he made um, Sparks. So Leos Carax's career after Les Amants du Pont Neuf basically goes long break, Polar X, long break, Holy Motors, long break, Sparks. And Denis Levant is the kind of, the, the, he's in everything that Leos Carax does. And it, that's definitely Holy Motors, which is definitely worth seeing because it's a great film. And it, yeah, and you're, it, yes, it's, that is what that is. There is no other film that fits that description. And would you say it's, it, that that film describes the mercurial condition between irony and sincerity, naivety and knowingness? Okay. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. No, you okay. I mean, uh, here's the thing. Here's the yeah. thing. If you, if you said that to Leos Carax, he would throw whatever you were reading it from out of the window. All right. Um, I mean, it, that doesn't mean it's not true, but it's mean, you know, it's like, what's the thing? Postmodern, postmodernism means never having to say you're sorry. And metamodernism probably, probably means always saying in interviews that you are completely sincere, even though the film might seem ironic and arch. And in fact, weirdly enough, in my review of, uh, uh, of uh, Annette, I did say, the thing is, if it was just, you know, eyebrow-raisingly arch, it would be terrible. But actually, when they're singing you know, we love each other so much. The reason it works is because they actually, on one level, that's completely sincere. So I, sus I suspect that you'd probably put David Lynch and the, and the, the conversation about the Robins in, uh, in Blue Velvet, you know, which when you see it, it looks like it's like a cheesy, ironic parody, but Lynch will tell you, no, he's completely sincere. The Robins are love and that's what they are. <laughs> 